Kia ora and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle, one half of the hosting combo and today we are heading to the USA. Well kia ora and a big welcome back to all of you listeners. It is wonderful to have you all tuning back in to listen to what I think is going to be a cracker episode. Now you'll notice that Chambers isn't here but don't worry she will be back in time for the interview a little bit later on in the show. So today, as I mentioned, we are heading to the USA, but only via Zoom. How wonderful would it be to actually be sitting on a plane going to LA? But anyway, we'll be having a chat with Renata West, Managing Director of Pacific Storytelling, about primarily Tahiti and how they have managed to reopen their borders to save their tourism industry. Now, last week I was privileged to attend the Skift Megatrends event, Redefining Travel in 2022. And we're going to try and cover off some of those trends over the next couple of weeks. But I was really interested to hear that one of them is the socialization of remote working. Now, Ren touches on this in his interview on how people in the US are now extending their holidays and working from an off-site location, like Bora Bora, for example, and that companies are at a real disadvantage if they don't offer remote working options for their employees. But of course, what does this mean in terms of the connection Connection of employees if they're all working remotely. Well, what Skift has predicted is that this will lead to a whole new industry based around places and spaces that turbocharge employee gatherings. Retreats, off-sites, on-sites, call them what you want, but team building will be a big business in 2022 as company travel budgets are steered towards the great reconnection. So I reckon we'll start to see this in New Zealand too. And it's probably a really good idea for operators to start thinking about how you can be part of this in your business. Now we've already heard from Arthur Chin from New Zealand Nature Highlights about how many US companies have booked online team building experiences with him via his Airbnb online experiences channel. But maybe this year we'll start to see the reconnection of people where teams can once again physically get together and are looking for something different to aid in that team building and bonding. Now, before we get into the show, listeners, if you are tuning in on Spotify, please head to the main show page there and leave us a five star review. This is a new feature that Spotify have turned on and we think it's great. But of course, we'd love to have your support and feedback too. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're tuning in there. And we thank you in advance for doing that. We love you so much for doing that. Your feedback means everything to us and it keeps us going week by week. But anyway, we'll leave you now with the show and our interview with Ren. Please enjoy the show and we'll see you back here next Wednesday. Kakite. Today we head across the Pacific Ocean to chat with destination storyteller and managing director of Pacific Storytelling, Renata West. Kia ora, Ren, and welcome to the show. Kia ora, Chambers and Michelle. Namahi nui kia koe. Thank you for having me on today. Kia ora, Ren, and it is great to have you join us today or yesterday, as it is where you are 
right now. Now, you've got a long history and I believe a Fano connection of working in tourism as well. So do you want to kick us off by telling us a little bit about your background and how you've ended up in LA today? Sure, yes. Uh, well, it started about 200 years ago, uh, give or take, with my great-great-great-grandmother who first started taking the very early visitors to the pink and white terraces. So right at the very beginning, the dawn of tourism in New Zealand, my family's been involved. And it's a legacy. It's something that we take really seriously as a family. It's something that my entire family's involved in. And I'm the sixth generation of my family to have been a tour guide in the Whakarewarewa Geothermal Valley in Rotorua. Wow. Yeah. So it's just only natural, I think. I university I got my law degree I got admitted to the bar and I just thought blow this I've got a (laughs) career path directly in front of me and that was spurred on also you know by the beginnings of young tech and Mm -hmm. the real push within the industry to promote the talent from within and to promote uh, good quality talent and to retain that talent and I saw a career for myself that would be really fulfilling to me both professionally but also personally to tell the story of my people and who we are and where we come from because I think that's very special and I think that's a unique perspective that uh, you'll only really find in Aotearoa New Zealand. So I worked my way through the marketing department at Te Puya, New Zealand Māori Arts and Crafts mm-hmm. uh, and I was there, oh, for probably about seven years in different roles before getting a tap on the shoulder by Mr. Greg Anderson, who was then the regional uh, manager for UK, Europe and North America and South America for Tourism New Zealand, but based out of Los Angeles. And they had a trade development role come up. And I took it and it was a two-year contract and I thought, okay, I'll take my two suitcases and (laughs) maybe I'll go on to the UK after my two years is up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, life happens and you fall in love and all the rest of it. And uh, I've been here coming up eight years now to Tourism New Zealand, but then I moved across to Qantas Vacations, which was the franchise of Hello World at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was working at Corners Vacations, which their offices were at LAX in March of 2020 when everything oh. custard. So could literally hear the engines of the plane just winding down. Oh, it was wow. very, very surreal to hear a quiet LAX in March of 2020. I can imagine. Yeah. And so, Renata, you are currently the MD of Pacific Storytelling. Tell us what you're up to there. Yeah, so I I think necessity is the mother of invention. I think that's the saying. (laughs) I'm not using that word pivot at all because... (laughs) Yes, it's banned from the show. I think it's banned, yeah. It's so 2020. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. But I... I thought, look, I've been working for the New Zealand government. I've been working for uh, private companies. 
all you know my entire career has been dedicated to the South Pacific and promoting travel and tourism to our part of the world. But I've always been working for someone else and I've always been telling someone else's perspective of that story. And I thought, well, you've always got something to say, so you may as well and do what you've been doing all along, but do it for yourself. And so I've created my own sales and marketing representation agency up here, specifically focused on travel to the South Pacific mm-hmm. and specifically targeted at the North American market. Wow. So, yeah, it's been an interesting ride starting a mm-hmm. company in the middle of a pandemic, as I guess you know, you guys have started inter- enterprises in the middle of the situation <laughs> down there as well. Yeah. It's interesting and it's, it's a lot of hard work, but it's very rewarding as well to, to, to maintain those connections to home and to uh, make sure that our part of the world is top of mind so that when things do return to normal, that we're ready to go and mm-hmm. that we have uh, a plan and that we can start really really quickly Mm. yeah just just a little bit been up to a little bit (laughs) yeah so that's good that it's keeping you busy anyway but Ren we're quite keen to delve into the similarities and differences of dealing with COVID between New Zealand and Tahiti because obviously we know that you've got a, a connection with Tahiti can you tell us a little bit about the journey that they've been on over the last two years sure perfect So first of all, I will preface this and I will say that there is no right or wrong way of dealing with and managing COVID. Of course, Um, yeah. It's just different. But I've been privileged to sit at a seat where I can see how different governments in the South Pacific have dealt with COVID and have dealt with reintroducing tourism. Hmm. Tahiti is a unique example. New Zealand obviously... Prior to all of this, tourism was the number one export. We were really humming. And for Tahiti, that's always been the case. It is an economy built on tourism. Mm -hmm. About 80% of the economy relies on international visitors. Wow. Wow. So it it is when they did lock down in in April of 2020 Mm -hmm. for a few months to get the, the situation under control. But the local economy was suffering so much so that they had to develop a plan. And I guess, again, everything is born out of necessity. And so as a country, they developed a plan to reopen and not reopen to the world necessarily, but reopen to zones. So they Mm -hmm. developed a green zone, an orange zone and a red zone of list of countries. And they had different protocols in place for those different countries. The US has always, just by the size of the market, been a priority one Mm -hmm. for the Tahitian government, the French Polynesian government. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of the admission requirements, they instigated uh, testing requirements. So you needed a PCR test, the gold standard test, three days before departure. You were given a test pack on arrival at the airport and you tested self-tested twice during your stay Mm -hmm. you registered your itinerary with French Polynesian government Uh, and you also had to respect social distancing and wearing a mask and also in all public settings 
So that was the first way that they opened the country. And they've tweaked it. They've tweaked mm-hmm. it over time in response to the different uh, variants or the unique health situation that was, you know, may have been developing in the country itself. So, for example, as of today, in January of 22, you need to test 24 hours prior. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you're also tested on arrival at the airport yeah. as well. So they're just, they're, they're keeping on top of it. And I will say that the Tahiti is a unique example because quite a lot of the resorts are on their own private motu or their pro, private islands. Mm-hmm. So you can create a bubble type situation mm-hmm. where you have a population of vaccinated visitors who have been tested Yep. Uh, in a situation which is kind of a bubble. Yeah, secure. Yep. Yeah. And secure. Yeah. Yep. So it, it is unique in that regard. But it's been interesting to see how the French Polynesian government has been working to try to make it work. Mm. Whereas you've had other examples of governments who have just uh, not entered into any sort of conversation ever. <laughs> yeah. What have the numbers been like, Ren? Like, what's been the uptake um, for visitors back into Tahiti as a result of this? Yeah, happening? good question. We're really, really the, the figures are looking really good. They're not at 2019 levels. Mm-hmm. So what yep. we haven't done is dropped our prices. Mm-hmm. As a destination, we're holding our rates. And it's, if anything, we're yielding our, our clients much, much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're able to give them a much better experience. There is a little bit of increased cost on the ground. So, for example, face services are largely eliminated mm-hmm. and it's been replaced with an a la carte service. Yeah. So your breakfast buffet no longer mm-hmm. exists. And that requires a little bit more staff in the back end to be able to deliver that. To service the tables but what it does do is it makes uh, the customers feel a lot more comfortable they've been keeping themselves safe they've vaccinated themselves they've tested they feel like they have a good handle on how to manage their health in the day-to-day and so Tahiti's really come to the table and altered the way that they deliver the tourism and hospitality experience so that's been an interesting thing to, to work mm. well Mm, so when, when they went through these changes, was there support offered to the tourism businesses from the government to help with these changes? And with that particular change, for instance, uh, is this something that's going to continue in the future because actually they think it's a better way of doing business or do you think it'll eventually revert back? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a better way of doing business in terms of the customer experience. It's, first of all, it's safer. And it, it, it's just nicer to be served and made to feel special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's definitely something that's going to continue. The American market, I mean, we are the home of the buffet, but it, it, it's just people are highly, highly conscious. After living with this, and I guess we've lived with this for about two years, you know, yeah. coming up on two years now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's a little bit of hesitation on, mm. on behalf of people to, to go back to life as, as we used to, to know it. But that being said, you are seeing revenge travel. So people are 
actively going out and making up for lost time. So that's good for us, the bookings and all the rest of it. Yes. In terms of French Polynesia, and, and that is an example, there were government subsidies in the beginning. They found, and this is just anecdotal evidence, that they found that it's disincentivized staff to do it for the health reasons, but they did find it hard to, to retain staff and to recruit staff after when they reopened the economy. That mm-hmm. was quite a rough patch in the beginning. There was a, a quite high reliance on that government assistance. But to, in terms of those sort of programs, they don't exist anymore because the country's open. Income mm-hmm. is coming back in. Life is returning to some version of normal. Hmm. Wow. Well, that, yeah, that's good to hear. What are the vaccination rates like amongst the local population in Tahiti? Yeah, so they are about 60-40. So it's not, okay. a, it's, it's, it's not as high as what you would experience in New Zealand and Australia. You have to understand that a lot of the population live on highly isolated islands. Yep. It's, number one, very hard to get to them and they feel that they are protected and safe in their everyday life anyway. So that's a barrier, just the geography of French Polynesia. There are over 100 islands, Mm -hmm. and it spans an area the size of continental Europe. Wow. Uh, So it's very vast, and it it is hard to get an effective mass vaccination program when that's what you're dealing with. That being said... The tourism infrastructure is highly sort of concentrated in particular islands, as I mentioned before, and the vaccination rates in those islands are a lot higher. Right. And the the hotels and the resorts will require vaccines of their staff and have testing programs and all of that. So it is unfortunate in French Polynesia that you don't integrate and mingle with the local population as much as you would say in New Zealand Mm. and Australia. Yeah, right. Mm. And have you seen Omicron over in Tahiti yet? Yes, yep, it has has arrived. And in response to that, we've had the the tightening up of those arrival conditions. Mm. The one, the 24 hours prior to uh, departure testing, PCR requirement. Also, as of the 15th of this month, you are required to be triple vaxxed before arriving into French Polynesia and then tested again at the airport. Mm -hmm. That's their response at the moment. And it's an ever-evolving situation. Hmm. But what it does do is it enables us to continue to sell confidently that there's a protocol in place. And it, it can, it, we, you know, it allows some sort of certainty in the marketplace as well. Yeah. Wow. Now, I know that the North American market was pretty loyal to the travel trade when they booked their holidays. Are you seeing any changes in how the North Americans are booking their holidays now? Because I guess my perception was always that there would be this resurgence of travel trade because they're the ones who can stay on top of all of these testing changes and requirements. And if anything goes wrong, they're obviously there to help you. Are you seeing major changes or is it kind of just business as usual in North America? Yeah, definitely. Uh, The trade is a really essential channel. Mm-hmm. especially for the South Pacific, because it is so niche. It does require a lot of foresight and 
destination knowledge to pull off an effective itinerary, mm-hmm. unlike Europe, which is yep. very cookie cutter. What you have seen is uh, in the early stages of the pandemic, a huge backlash against the OTAs mm-hmm. and those mass tourism retailers such as Costco. Yeah. The giving the refunds, the customer service, all of that really burnt the American consumer in the really early stages of of the closing down of the world. Yeah. The the customer that did book on Costco, it now is even more likely to book through a travel advisor. Mm-hmm. That's the American consumer. And then what we also are seeing on in terms of the wholesale side that I'm a part of is definitely a shorter booking window. Mm-hmm. People people are wanting to stay as current with the, the current regulations as possible and reading what the the current figures are before they make a decision to move. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But what we are also seeing out of this market is a longer stay time, which oh. is unusual because Traditionally, this market has only had 10 days of annual leave per year. Mm. And in the South Pacific, we ask for every single one of those 10 days. Yeah. Uh, so what we have seen is mobile telecommuting. People are working from home uh, a lot more. And when you are recruiting, if you're not offering remote work, you are at an immediate disadvantage. I think it is the way of life now that mm-hmm. we are all going to be working from home mm-hmm. and people just do not want to return to the office. So that they're provides, all going to Tahiti to work, are they? They're all going to Tahiti to work. So Perfect. if you need to book a month at the Four Seasons, I have a rate for you. And <laughs> wow. it's very, very popular. Very popular. People are we're so used to dealing with in different time zones now. We all have the technology. We all know how to use the technology. Mm. So what's the difference if you're at home or in your hotel room overlooking the lagoon in Bora Bora? Mm, Absolutely. Definitely definitely seeing the remote working is changing the travel style and duration of this for sure. Wow. Yeah, I know which one I'd prefer. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ren, you've worked in both Aotearoa and Tahiti. What do you think are the similarities between the two? Mm. The immediate one is the culture. Mm-hmm. So there is the unique migration story of the Māori coming through Tahiti and Cook Island. So we are distant cousins. And so immediately you have that warmth of hospitality that uh, we all are very, very familiar with. That's almost where the similarities come and go. There is that... You, French influence in in, in um, Tahiti as well, which mm-hmm. which can take some getting used to for uh, some of us. It's just a different way of operating, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there is it, a different way of thinking as well. Right. Um, sounds like a great way of thinking. They well, sound very progressive in some ways. They are, you know. It, it, there, as I said earlier, there's no right or wrong way of living life or doing things. It's just different. For example, it's something that's easy in, in French Polynesia. We very, it's very, very easy to get your all of your meals included on your hotel rate. It's just right. something that they just do quite easily and they're good at it. Whereas that's something that we find a lot harder to, 
to pull off into contracts and maybe not so much interest in it in New Zealand as well. So on terms of the contracting side, it's it's very French mm-hmm. compared to New Zealand, which is quite English oriented. It it is also very hard to get around to eating. So that's something that that may be similar to, to New Zealand in terms of how do we move people from place to place, how do we prevent uh, bottlenecks and overcrowding. So but but you're dealing with boats uh, and water taxis as opposed to roads and planes in New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. What do you think the biggest challenges are that the South Pacific still faces? Yeah, look, I mean, this last week we've had the uh, reminder of Mother Nature and who really is in charge with the situation in Tonga. And it's taken almost five days for us to regain any form of contact with Tonga. Mm. And it just shows you how remote we are. I mean, New Zealand is incredibly remote also. Yes. We just have the geological advantage of being slightly bigger than some of our island neighbours. Mm. But we are very far away from most of the world. We are reliant on the environment playing ball. And we are, we really are. When I was working at Qantas, there was a full month where we were dealing with those outrageous fires in Australia. Yeah. Uh, And then we had the next month, the roads washing out on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Mother Nature affects us in terms of our money in our pocket every single day. So the climate and what we're doing to the planet, I think, remains the number one thing that we all as a Pacific, South Pacific community really have to think hard on and actively work to improve our practices and making sure that we're minimizing our footprint as much as possible. I I don't think you will ever eliminate your carbon footprint, but uh, treating as lightly as possible because we are all still going to travel. That is just a commercial reality. Mm. It's just how do we do it safely Mm. and in a responsible way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are your predictions for 2022? Good question. Good question. I'm going to be very controversial. Uh, (laughs) I think that the Omicron variant is the speed at which it is racing through the population here. You know, for example, last week in early January, there were a million cases in a day here in the USA. Mm -hmm. Most people... Uh, will be infected this year. Uh, it is a reality that we will all come into contact with this. Best you can do is to prepare yourself and your immune system with vaccination, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it is an inevitability that we are going to come into contact with this. I think that Omicron is going to be a very big, but I think it signals the beginning of the end for our way of you know learning to live with this virus and listening to the science i think that's my prediction mm, love that right <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting you say about getting your immune system prepared because i've just had my booster shot in the last week or so and i've also prepared a covid emergency kit because mm-hmm. i've seen what 
so many of my friends in Australia have been through in the last few weeks with Omicron raging over there. And now I should actually start a side hustle. So if anybody's listening and wants my emergency kit list, drop me in line because I have shared that with heaps of people and I've got a little box sitting over there with everything that I might need if I do get COVID at some point, which I'm assuming is going to happen because it's pretty similar to the rest of the world. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, I don't think we need to hold chickenpox parties, but uh, it, it is. It's going to find you somehow. And it's a, it's a, it's a hard truth, mm. but it is the truth. Well, it's, it's interesting you talk about chickenpox parties there, Ren, because I was chatting with an operator who shall remain unnamed earlier today. And they actually said to me that, not that they were planning it, but it would almost be easier that if one person in their team came down with it, that they all came down with it together. Because if you've got this rolling staff members being taken out because of isolation and then all of their close contacts, which will be virtually the team, because we're all quite small businesses in tourism, Mm. you could be out for 60 days or so. Whereas if you all get it, isolate for the seven or 14 days, we haven't got a plan yet of what it's going to mean for us here in New Zealand, but, and then get back to work and, get on with things so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out Mm. for sure for sure and so Ren, say let's say Omicron you caught Omicron while you were over in Tahiti is it easy enough to actually extend your stay or you because that obviously could potentially be a problem right somebody gets over there tested negative when they got there either caught it while they were there or it just didn't come through on the test so yeah how does that all play out yeah, a good question. And that's the question on the top of every consumer's mind. And what I will say is that it's been a very, very small percentage mm-hmm. uh, of people who have actually COVID in Tahiti. For the DMC that I represent, we have never had to facilitate extending someone's stay as a result of a positive. Mm-hmm. And a reminder that you do also need to test uh, a day before departure back to the USA. Right, right. So there is that test at the end of your trip as well. So what happens is, well, first of all, I recommend as a as a good life practice, buy travel insurance. Agreed. <laughs> Don't rely on your credit card travel insurance, mm-hmm. and look for oh. a policy that specifically includes COVID nineteen because your credit card insurance does not include pandemics. Yeah. Um, as a as a general rule a lot of all of the major travel policies now have a specific COVID policy which includes Medivac Mm -hmm. there's a very very good policy that if you have a positive test and you self-diagnose one symptom they will send an air ambulance for you anywhere in the world wow it's a very, very good policy, and it's something about four hundred dollars US. But if you, if that is something that is on your mind, wow. uh, then a four hundred dollar policy will make uh, you feel much better about your vacation. So that's one option. Second option is to isolate at a quarantine hotel mm-hmm. on the island of Tahiti, and that's for a period of seven days. And then you're allowed to go on your way. 
mm. and they're nice hotels and you get good meals so uh, there is that as an as another option and if you have the right insurance it will cover the cost of that extended stay as well so Ren just before we wrap up I've just got one more question for you what are the North American trade partners saying about New Zealand at the moment? What's the general sentiment? Are they keen to come back? Do you think when we finally open borders, the demand will be strong? Are they starting to look at Australia instead because they're open? Or what's the general sentiment? Yeah, it's a mixed bag. I will be brutally honest with mm-hmm. you. I think you, you've had a situation that's largely been out of your control as uh industry with the strict border closures that's something that you really don't have any sort of influence over unfortunately not (laughs) uh, right and we've we've seen some glimmers of hope there and it looks like the march soft border openings and quarantine at home is not going to happen anymore but we're hopeful that it will happen soon that being said it it feels imminent still even if it's six Mm. months away it is Remember, trade relationships take a long time for uh, a booking to eventuate and to yep. uh, travel. So now is the time to be communicating. If you've got your uh, email database and you dust it off because there's been a, a lot of radio silence from New Zealand mm. and for, for good reason, mm. but dust off that database and get on that email and let us know what you've been doing for the last years. Yep. We're interested in that product development that you've been working on. We're interested in hearing that you're doing okay uh, as well. So just re-engage, please, and plan for the reopening. I, I know it feels so far away, but it's going to be here before you know it. And don't let that put you off preparing for reopening back to the world yeah that's great advice we're actually just Mm. talking about that before we came on air to say that once we do have an omicron outbreak here in new zealand there's not really any more excuses to keeping the borders closed because if it's Mm. here the borders closed or open isn't going to make a difference to that if we've still got the testing regime in place so yeah really good advice not the first Mm -hmm. time we've heard it so we need the operators to jump back on their emails and and re-engage and reconnect with their partners offshore so yeah thank you so much Ren for joining us it's been great to catch up after such a long time and I can't believe it's been eight years since you've been in LA I would have said about four (laughs) (laughs) I think we've lost a few years in the middle there with COVID so thanks for joining us we wish you all the best congratulations on your recent wedding as well we didn't touch on that but love seeing the photos and uh, yeah we'll hopefully see you again soon perfect thanks for having me oh thanks ren 